Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook are you ready to go shame on shame on you it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben kissel boom you can't get fooled again Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel. Travis Morningstar is with me. Yes. Yeah, that's his birth name. Travis Morningstar, that's your birth name, isn't it? Yes. It's, it <laughs> was right. It was an Ellis Island mix-up. I know what goes on ha- over there. Happy birthday to um, Kane, the wrestler. Really? Is it his birthday? Not just the wrestler. He's the mayor of Fort Knox. Oh, no, no, not uh, Fort Knox. Kane, he's the mayor of Knoxville. And happy birthday to Channing Tatum. Really? And uh, Melania Trump. It's it's her birthday well, as well. Well, happy birthday to Channing Tatum <laughs> and to the equally beautiful and interesting Melania. I always say leave Melania alone. But then again, I understand it's also, uh, you know, she's not, doesn't maybe have the best judge of character. Yeah. Because of course she did marry Donald John Trump, but happy birthday, Melania! Well, if you were lucky enough, you if you were lucky enough to be on Trump's mailing list, you also got a text this morning that said, uh, "Sign this card for Melania and also donate uh, to my upcoming campaign." Oh, perfect! Well, you know that's romance. That's I mean that's that is the that is his love language that is, uh, is asking a, for money. A level of romance that none of us will ever achieve. As a matter of fact, Melania Trump, of course, she um, bit. Michelle Obama during a speech she like copy and pasted that of course she didn't copy and paste it it was her staff she's just going up there being like I have to talk I don't want to talk in public I technically she did everything right she's living the American dream or so she thought I think that dream has turned into a nightmare uh, because she just came she was a model she met a billionaire she married said billionaire she was living like a princess and then what did he have to do Go become president of the United States and ruin her fail, life. Fail upward. Oh, that's that's the definition of uh, Donald Trump. Failing upwards. And anyone who has a horrible mid-level boss at one of these, you know, disgusting and sad office buildings, everyone, you could probably look up from your cubicle right now. Just look at the person that you know for a fact has just failed up because <laughs> maybe their parents donated a hell of, uh, a, hell of a lot of money uh, or God knows... What else goes into failing up? But those people exist, That's, and they're quite prevalent. Those people are the people that have not done anything else. They just sort of stay in one place, and then everyone else leaves, and so they fail upward. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to. I want to talk, now that I mentioned Melania Trump and Obama, there is also a thing where Melania Trump stole a speech. Uh, but, you know, that, that'll happen, um, specifically in this White House. They don't got a, they maybe don't have, maybe she doesn't have a crack staff around her. Maybe not. Is this the speech where she where she said, "This is our Independence Day"? I think it was. I think it was. And of course, on side stories coming up next week, we're going to talk about aliens mm-hmm. because the Navy has just said they're going to slowly, the slow rollout. It's beginning when it comes to uh, the potential of extraterrestrial life. The Navy, 
They might be giving us some info fairly soon. So we'll talk about that on Side Stories. So be sure to listen to that. So this episode, I first I want to read a little bit regarding my conversation or Travis and I's conversation about the Mueller report. Oh, my God, the Mueller report. This is an email I got. He's a fellow. He's in a law school. Uh, his name is Will. Thank you for emailing, Will. Uh, this is what he had to say about um, our coverage of the Mueller report. He says, well, I agree with you on many things. Uh, this is one point where he wants to stress when it comes to the ex- uh, obstruction idea. Will want, it wanted to stress to me uh, that indeed it is a massive deal, and of course it is. So this is just a little bit from the email. He says, according to the Mueller report, Trump attempted to obstruct, influence, or impede the investigation at least 10 times. Those attempts weren't successful at stopping the investigation, though some did impede it. The attempts were often stopped by his people refusing to follow his orders, as we've talked about. The order is the attempt. It has no bearing on the attempt that he didn't immediately fire the people who got in the way, or that he didn't always repeat the same attempt. If the orders had been followed, justice would have been obstructed. Also, Travis, he agreed with your analogy about the TV show The Slap, (laughs) which was all about a person who slaps somebody, and then evidently it sends this um, suburban community into a total tailspin because they can't deal uh, with anything. So he says, I liked uh, the analogy that Travis made about the slap, but I disagree with the application. According to the report, Trump didn't raise his hand and then choose not to slap. In many cases, he tried to slap but had his arm caught by a third party, and then he'd just raise his hand and try to slap again with someone else catching his arm or sometimes the slap just missing and flying through the air harmlessly. Worse Worse, at least one of the slaps connected when he fired Comey for his stopping his obstruction attempts in the Flynn case. So, of course, the obstruction stuff is very real. And who knows? The Mueller report, the political we'll we'll talk about the whole like maybe impeachment thing. But I also think it's kind of a boring conversation, but we can have a conversation about it. Um, The Mueller report laid the foundation after Donald Trump is out of office, uh, whether that be six years or two years, hopefully. It's the latter, uh, because I just don't think our country can handle another four years. Um, They did lay a a, a groundwork that perhaps the Southern District of New York or other, you know, states uh, could look at and and make their own uh, assessments. But that that so the so the Mueller report, it is significant, obviously. Um, uh, But I do also agree with the overall we know it all already sentiment that I expressed on the last episode. Also, when it comes to automation, I want to read a little bit from a DM I got. A DM on Twitter. That's how cool... Or a DM on Instagram. That's how cool I am, Travis. People are DMing you. People DM me all the time, and I'm like, oh my God, look at all these DMs. I couldn't be happier. So this dude, he's he wants to talk to me a little bit about automation. And obviously automation, we're seeing it happen at a rapid rate, and it's happening in real time right in front of our eyes. Whenever you see the road, the, the Martys, there's another one. I think it's named like, oh, what the hell is the name of the other? Um, I'll have to find it. There's another cute named uh, robot like, uh, I don't even know. It's like, what was it, turn up? I don't remember the name of it. But anyway, so this guy has this, this uh, d- dude sent me a DM. And he said, hey, Ben, because that's my name. So he nailed it. So far, so good. Two words in, he's already crushing. 
He says, I'm a college student working at Panera Bread. Today I found out uh, we were going to be competing uh, for our jobs against tablets uh, that people can order from. Uh, the managers see that more customers are going to the tablets to order instead of us at the registers. We're going to get less hours. Fast forward to the following week, I got another DM. That's a direct message right to me. He says, Ben, little update on Panera Automation. <laughs> I got my schedule this week to find out my hours were cut drastically with no explanation. I went from working five days a week to three days a week, and uh, even in those three days that he's working, his hours were cut. So there it is, the living reality, what automation is doing uh, to the workforce in this country, decimating it and uh, forcing a lot of people to uh, make t strong and hard decisions for their family to put um, bread on the table, even I'm, if it doesn't come from Panera. I'm terrified to see the next update from that Panera. It's like, Ben, uh, just an update. They've replaced my head with a bread bowl. Yep, and I'm currently burning down the Panera. <laughs> and I say, don't burn it down. Don't burn it down because the only thing that will survive are the tablets. The robots can't be killed well, with speaking, fire. Do you know these, uh, this is not a hero of the week sort of thing, mm -hmm. but there's a guy going around New York City right now smashing all of the New York, the New York City Wi-Fi kiosks. I saw that, but don't do that because a lot of people rely on those. Except, do you know what those things are doing? What? They're like, they're scanning our faces and collecting that information. Oh, they already have. So when I was, when I was arrested here in New York City, uh, long story short, most of you all know this story already. But uh, I was helping my this little guy through a turnstile had just finished playing the Toxic Avenger uh, yes. for Troma, yes. which was fascinating because what maybe you don't know this, but Troma doesn't have a lot of money. I know I'm breaking news here as always on Able Against Top Hat. So the Toxie <laughs> mask, and for those that don't know, Google Toxic Avenger, you'll see that the eyes are all messed up. He, he looks as if he fell into a vat of ooze because that's exactly what happened. Um, it is worn. There's only one of them. And I had to share it with four different people in the stretch of about three hours. And everyone who wears it was big, just like me. And you're shooting a short for trauma. The lights are hot. The sweat's coming in. The uh, the odor of that trauma mask, of that toxi mask, was something I'll never... It was worse than when I got arrested. Yeah, this uh, isn't Marvel's Toxic Avenger. No, you, no. So you're sharing a, a mask with uh, a bunch of people. A lot of people. Uh, and it was, to say the least, disgusting. Nonetheless, I finished playing Toxie. I do a great job. I mean, come on. Why, why wouldn't I? That's a character I was made to play. I'm helping this little dude through a turnstile. Long story short, turns out I have an open container violation from about seven years earlier. So they're like, you have yourself a bench warrant because, you know, the NYPD, they don't have enough to do. They, you know, it's just like they have so much time on their hands. They're just like, we need to have more reasons to arrest people because, let's be honest, I'm getting bored here as a police officer in the busiest city, one of the busiest cities in the world. So he tells me I have a bench warrant for my arrest. So they lock me. They, they do the whole, you know, a perp walk through um, 8th Avenue. That's the ACE line here in New York. A fan actually saw me and was like, hey, and I'm like, can't say, can't wave to you right now. Currently in handcuffs. <laughs> they bring me down to the tombs. Uh, one nice thing that happened, I was at the holding cell underneath Canal Street, and one nice thing I did see was the police officer bought a homeless man a sandwich. So that was very Aww. nice. Um, but I go down to the tombs, and the first thing that in the tombs are beneath Chinatown. They are nasty. 
Um, and the first thing they do is take a retina scan. And so you're sitting there, and of course, you know, I want to put on my sovereign citizen cap and be like, no, no, I have rights. There's a constitution. This is a legal search and seizure of my eyeballs. There's a Sixth Amendment, sir. Believe it or not, they didn't really care. Um, so they were just like, well, you're going to get your retina scanned or you're going to have a charge of resisting arrest. And then we're going to arrest you anyway. And then we're just going to force you to get your retina scanned. And it's probably just going to lead to you staying in the tombs for a much longer period of time. So I said, OK, well, better get my retina scanned. So that's now on record. I stay in the tombs for about 23 hours. I get out. That was a whole fascinating situation there. So I know for a fact, because they ticked the retina scan, every single camera, Midtown and those devices that, that Travis mentioned, they know ex they know everything about it. They know if I've shaved that day, they're like, oh, Ben's letting his beard grow out this month. It must be Beardtober, whatever. So they know everything about me. And there's millions of people now that they have done this, too. In New York, basically, if you are detained, if you are arrested, the retina scan is mandatory. And that is just building the database that at some point will be used to track you down wherever you go. And it will be used as soon as when the technology is already there. So you put that technology, you, you you get that little AI robot rolling around the streets. Next thing you know, they're like, that's Ben Kissel. I'm like, shut up, robot. Don't be a snitch. They're like, no, nope, that's Ben Kissel. And, um, you know, you have absolutely zero opportunity Look, I, to defend yourself or I, uh, resist in any way. I wholly advocate like a jet set radio, like tagging these things up, though, because I, I, what they're going to yeah. do is they're, just, they're disgusting. They're just they're shooting your information to these other companies. They're, exactly. They're I, I don't I don't want to be advertised more than I already am. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, they're not using this data to make sure the public is safe and secure. They're using this data exactly as Travis just like, said. without your permission too. yeah. Also, like, who was in that the tombs? I imagine that this is like scary. It's like I am. Well, I'm, I'm imagining the creature from the Russian sleep experiment, creepy pasta. Well, we, we do have some news stories to get to as well here in a second, folks. But um, who was in the tomb? So it was. It's eight different large holding cells. Yeah, and each holding cell fits about comfortably around 15 people and uncomfortably around 40, which I think every holding cell had the uncomfortable number of around 40 people in them. Um, the one situation that I had, it wasn't so bad. I was in a non-violent uh, holding cell. I was totally sober. Um, all the other people that came into my cell were definitely not sober, mm -hmm. but they were not violent, as opposed to other holding cells, which were like Fight Club was going on. Right. And the security guard there, the um, the corrections officer, didn't seem to care. No. Uh, there was one man who was dying in a cell next to me. I never even saw his face, obviously. He's in the cell next to me. And he said he was on his way to the hospital. He said he had walking pneumonia. They pulled him over, and apparently he was driving without a license. And this guy was literally like, I'm dying here. He was like Matt Lillard, or like, uh, uh, what is it? Matt Matthew Lillard. Matthew yeah. Lillard in Scream. He's like, I'm dying here, man. And he just did that for the entire 24 hours I was there. And I'm like, someone should probably get this guy medical attention. But the irony is, when you get when you get arrested, you do go see a doctor. And all of the cops, when you see that doctor, are like, Unless you really need to go to the hospital, don't tell them that you want medical treatment because you get the medical treatment and then you start the whole arrest process over again. And at this point, I was already about nine hours into the damn thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need to go back in time and just get rebooked and do the whole damn thing. So you tell the doctor everything is fine. But that guy next to me seemed like he maybe did not get out alive. I mean, he was very much on his deathbed. And there was another guy who was withdrawing from drugs, probably heroin from the sounds of it. That was one of the most miserable 
10 hours of just shrieking and shitting and at one point they did have a medic come in and he went to a different room and it was very obviously sterile and cold and mean that guy was not having a good night of it whatsoever and then you also had some people down in the tombs who were extremely happy they literally <laughs> walked in like it was cheers and everyone's like hey rick hey bob hey gary i don't know why those are the names those were not the names of the people uh that were down there that knew everybody and that was really fascinating because yeah. they were like we've been here before I, I know who you are good to see you again brother one dude actually got on the police phone line and he started talking to his i, I assume girlfriend and he was like, you got to hide the gun. And he was telling her where to hide the gun. And I'm like, bro, you understand, like, that phone might be tapped. We're in jail. Um, that might be used against you at some point. It was an illuminating experience. And I'm. It's, it's funny because no one would be like, oh, I'm happy to spend 24 hours in one of the worst jail systems in the country. But I am actually kind of happy to see and have that experience. It was also for something completely harmless, drinking on the stoop number one, which I think should be legal because I pay a hell of a lot of rent. And dare I say, the steps are also part of the apartment. Oh, I've been fined by 10 cops at once for an open container, an open like a, a wine bottle with a cork in it. 10 cops find me. Dangerous. I mean, that's just so dangerous. Yeah. Um. So that was a, an interesting experience. But because of that... My retinas have been scanned, and I'm sure there's millions and millions of Americans whose retina are currently in a database, and that database will be used to curb our civil liberties. No denying that. Uh, one interesting note, the prison population is actually down. It's at a 20-year low. It's down around 7%, uh, which I think is actually very good. There's uh, That's a good news when it comes to criminal justice reform. Of course, a bipartisan issue on uh, in many uh, many ways. So that is a good thing, but we still have yeah, we still the have more largest per capita people in prisons than ever. Like more, more than any of the Western world. The only other competition could be China. They might have more people in prison per capita, um, but we don't. We just don't know we because don't know. they don't release. They don't release their records. I'm sure that they have more people simply because their country is much much larger. But they are. There are some estimates coming around by. Um, by uh, Amnesty International, by other progressive, not necessarily progressive, but other human rights groups. I mean, they have entire uh, coming out. swaths, like entire provinces that are basically prisons. Oh, yeah. Of no. the, like the Uyghur people, and they're, they're scanning those guys' eyeballs like constantly oh, of and, and they got draining this, them of blood. They're rocking and rolling with their social credit system and whatnot. But then again, we think about the U.S. version of social credit, which is economic credit and how much cash do you have. And uh, that can absolutely alter realities. We have this. We all share the same country, but many, many different realities exist within the confines of these United States. All right. Well, let's get to some news stories here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this payment to North Korea, this two million bucks uh, that Donald Trump apparently uh, paid to Kim Jong Un and the North Korean government in order for them to release. Otto Warmbier. I want to talk about that. Also, there's a presidential hopeful, Seth Moulton. Speaking of aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, happy, happy Alien Day. Happy Alien Day. 40th yep. anniversary of Alien. 40, 40th anniversary of Alien, a fantastic film. Uh, Seth Moulton, a Democratic presidential candidate. He has uh, an interesting approach to the alien invasion or potential alien invasion. So we'll talk about that. I also want to bring up a story that uh, I haven't seen anyone talk about, really. Saudi Arabia, you know. 
this whole idea that that new crown prince is going to be a reformer is a total and utter lie. They have just executed 37 people for alleged terrorism. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that story and also a pharmaceutical executive for the Rochester Drug Cooperative. He actually got arrested. His name is Lawrence F. Dowd III. Mm. Lawrence F. Dowd III. That's going to be a great name in prison. In no way is that going to get him beat up on a take. I'm a third generation Dowd. Um, he has been arrested because he is one of the major promoters of OxyContin. Nice. And the feds have said, no, bro, if we're going to arrest drug dealers, if we're going to arrest folks that are just on the street um, and people who are desperately gri uh, grappling with addiction where we're arresting everybody else maybe it's time we take on the pharmaceutical heads who put in place the policies that allowed these people um to just get so many opioids prescribed to them there was a small town pharmacy as a matter of fact i forget the name of the town and the pharmacy um but they said it was something like there was like 40 it wasn't even like more it was like a town of like 300 people and they said there was like multi millions and millions of pills of oxycontin just rolling through this pharmacy it is simply a shell for a large drug deal going down and this pharmaceutical man uh lawrence f dow the third is more guilty than a lot of people who are serving significant prison time for either using opioids or selling opioids. So I actually want to get into that story. I think this is a good thing. I really do. We've got to address the opioid problem. And quite frankly, the pharmaceutical industry, that's the head of the snake, my friend. So we got to chop that off. And if other people start seeing, oh, dang, other CEOs start seeing, be like, oh, man, I can go to prison for this. Maybe they'll stop because uh, just watch a couple episodes of Lock Up Raw and see if you want to go there. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Abe Lincoln's Top App a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at tophat.robinhood.com. That's tophat.robinhood.com. Donald Trump also met with the Twitter CEO, of course, to deal with all of the national security implications of what Twitter can be used for uh, when it comes to bots, when it comes to, um, you know, why is Twitter such an invasive problem in our society? And really, he had an in-depth, intelligent conversation with the CEO mm -hmm. of Twitter about all of the ramifications of their platform. And everything I just said is a complete and utter lie. Donald Trump met with the CEO of Twitter to figure out how why he's lost followers. Isn't that amazing? Our president just met with the CEO of Twitter 
to figure out why he lost followers. That's such a pressing issue for the American people. That's what, you know, when they talk about kitchen table issues. Yeah. That I think everyone knows. Everyone who is struggling to make ends meet as they lose their job to a freaking robot, they come home and they say, but what's the most important news that matters to me? Why is Donald Trump's Twitter down 3,000 followers? And they talk about it, and it really does mean a lot to the American people. A like in every fireplace, a follow on every table. Absolutely. How, what a great, great metaphor, and just wonderful and powerful. Also, Robert Kraft, uh, I want to talk about the arrest of the woman. Uh, Robert Kraft, obviously, he's looking at, uh, you know, a little, you got, he's a, uh, in a little bit of trouble, more of a public embarrassment than anything. I don't think you'll go behind bars anytime soon. But the woman that serviced him, and obviously many other women, she was arrested for prostitution. And I want to talk about that. They have concluded that it wasn't a sex trafficking operation. I'm just going to say this. That woman doesn't have a job if no one goes in there. And I'm just going to give this woman, and we'll talk about this story. I'm going to give it a classic. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Don't bother. She's already had a hard enough life having to jerk off Robert frickin' Kraft. Apparently that video is about to get released as well. Well, the judge has said, no, we're not going to release the video of Robert Kraft. And quite frankly, full disclosure, I know what it looks like. I don't care. I don't need to see it. That is like, we live in such a culture of shaming and just being like, now we're going to laugh at your penis. Um, I don't, I know what it looks like. I know what happened. I don't care. That's that's my thoughts on that. I don't want to look at it. You've thought about it though. I had to because you've, someone you, said there's a video and now I have to think about it. You've played which, it. You've played it through your head and you don't need to see it anymore. <sighs> you've buffered it. You went through. You buffered across. You've scrolled yes, across. I scrubbed. Bu- I buffered across. Yes, I know. I, I now I'm thinking about it. God, no, I'm done thinking about it. Also, uh, lastly, when it comes to news stories, and we'll talk about Joe Biden here in a second. I know everyone's so excited. Uh, U.S. and Afghan forces have killed more civilians than the Taliban did. Uh, This is a report coming out as of April 24th, 2019, for the first time since the United Nations began documenting civilian casualties in Afghanistan a decade ago. More civilians are being killed by Afghan government and American forces than by the Taliban. You wonder why is the Taliban able to recruit? How does ISIS find the messaging to get other ISIS fighters? Well... That might be a story they can share. Just point to, yeah, point over there. Yeah, just be like, yeah, well, look at these people who are just who just killed your kid. What do you want to do? Join the Afghan army? Uh, help the U.S. army? Or kill both of the armies that tried to uh, murder your entire family and killed your kid? Um, so that's a, uh, an interesting uh, story as well. But first, let's get to Joe Biden. Joe Pa. So Joe Biden officially announced he had an announcement video. How exciting. It was It was very exciting. Um, he's couching his message in the context of Charlottesville. Yes. Uh, which I actually think is very smart. Um, this is a, it's a nod to the people uh, who stood up against fascists and uh, neo-Nazis. Uh, he is telling them he is on their side. I think this is a good message uh, for Joe Biden, attempting to sort of reach that a generation that was really truly affected by the negative uh, actions that took place at Charlottesville. Of course, Heather Heyer, uh, the woman who lost her life when that psychopath, I don't even want to say his name, uh, when that psychopath drove his car into a group of people thinking that that that's how you solve political problems. That guy is getting his ass kicked in prison right now, and rightfully so. Heather Heyer is a martyr uh, for a good cause. 
So Joe Biden has announced, couched his message in Charlottesville, said we have a president who has said uh, there were good people on both sides. So going forward, it looks as if he's already running a general style campaign against Donald Trump yeah, right just, out of the he's gate. He's just saying uh, he's going directly for Trump going, and not, no policy stuff, really. No policy stuff. So I was thinking a lot about this. Number one, my thoughts on Joe Biden. Um, th- I think this is just four years later of when this should have happened. So basically, I think I think of Joe Biden like George Herbert Walker Bush delayed. Sure. Because in 2016, obviously he loses his kid, Bo. Uh, Hillary was like, yo, bro, I really want this. Give me a shot. He's like, all right. Um, people would have easily voted for an Obama third term. And of course, the VP is a symbol yeah. of that third term. So that's when I say he would have, he is the Herbert Walker Bush delayed four years. Obviously, 88, uh, Ronald Reagan is done. The country is in a relatively good mood. Um, I mean, certainly not everyone. Ronald Reagan's policies screwed over a lot of people, specifically when he shut down all the mental health facilities, uh, which was one of the reasons why we had a massive prison boom in this country. But that's just one of the reasons why. So... George George Herbert Walker is like, okay, guys, it wasn't so bad with Reagan. I'm like Reagan light. Can you can this work? And they're like, all right, we'll give you four years. I think that could have happened in 2016. We wouldn't be in Trump land. I think the country would have been uh, way better off. So that's what. I, so I think he's just George H W Bush, four years delayed. Now I mentioned the prison population, and as I was extremely critical of Hillary Clinton's voting record. I also then have to apply the exact same standards to Joe Biden. And in no way am I saying in a binary choice that I would go for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. No. In a binary choice, I think we live in a society that says not third parties, not in 2020. We have anyone against Trump that is viable. And I think Joe Biden could bring a lot of um, disaffected, moderate and some uh, Republican voters over to the Democratic side. And I think he would beat Donald Trump easily. But what he did sign up for criminal justice bill the uh three strikes and you're out uh the criminal justice reform under bill clinton that reformed it in the worst way possible i criticized hillary immensely for that her her pushing for that proposal obviously she was a first lady she didn't have a vote in any of this but there is no denying she was heavily politically active in the spreading of the policies yeah and in the marketing of the policies hillary clinton was was front and center her and tipper gore and a whole bunch of folks um, so he supported that three strikes. I, I absolutely disagree with it. He also uh, was in favor of repealing Glass-Steagall, um, which I think was one of the worst decisions that we've ever made in this country. Uh, he was also for the Iraq war, which, again, I think is one of the worst decisions ever made in this country. Certainly under Barack Obama, there were some issues. I mean, there's no denying that. I mean, let's be honest. The, the drone war was horrific. A lot of the uh, policies where Barack Obama said he was going to be looking out for marginalized groups didn't really, I mean, the militarization of police increased under Obama. Sure, he would go on television and be like, these cops are out of control. But at the same time, he's allowing the federal government, Susan Rice. Um, and by the way, it was uh, it was Valerie Jarrett. I said yesterday or on last week's episode that it was Roseanne made fun of Susan Rice in the in the racist meme. Right, it was yeah. Valerie Jarrett. Right, 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 right. But uh, nonetheless, Eric Holder, their whole Justice Department, they militarized. The, the, uh, the federal government was like, yeah, yeah, go down. 
Here's all of our weapons. Go down to Ferguson. Use sound weapons. I mean, it was abhorrent. I mean, people forget the amount of rioting that was happening under Obama because of racial injustice, specifically when it comes to the criminal justice system, it was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And he promised to help those people. And I think there were a lot of folks who said, buddy, you're just not living up to what you said you were going to be doing. Uh, of course, not getting Merrick Garland through. Not strong enough in many ways. And of course, again, in a binary choice, Obama versus Trump, I'll take Obama any day. I mean, with so, the... With the- crime bills in particular Horrible. like the 1993 if you see biden talking to congress uh, about those oh yeah he's extremely callous he does he says i don't care what the source of crime is we need to get these people off my street so they'll so they won't beat up my wife i think he says literally and of and course then, and then you see bernie was saying in the same session and he's like no we have to look at the source of crime we have to look at why this is happening this is this is like you said reagan reagan did all this we need to like address the systemic problems here and it's just such a like that was 93 and now we're here in 2019 and they're like here we are and it's like this is a corporatist person biden who basically wants to squash just crush crime and then you have biden well, uh, uh, sorry bernie who is actually like looking at the the sources of systemic crime and of course people are allowed to evolve on issues and uh, you know a lot has changed since 1993 and of course we also have to remember the clarence thomas hearing with anita hill there was there so he has his baggage Joe Biden has his baggage. Okay, so that's a little bit of the reasons policy-wise where I'm like, uh, again, binary choice against Trump, I know who I'm going for. It. But, uh, you know, maybe he is not the best candidate for where the Democratic Party is going. Or, now the other argument is, he is exactly what the Democratic Party needs um, to get those disaffected voters from states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you know, I don't think Indiana will ever be, uh, you know, up for up for grabs, although you never know. So I think about it like a measure, you know, when you uh, to figure out how flat the surface is, you got that little ball in there. And I think he could go and peel away a good 10, 15 percent from people who consider themselves center right. Again, in a binary choice, if he puts like an Elizabeth Warren on the ticket with him, and obviously Elizabeth, she's still running. I'm not, this is all just nerdy speculation, but a Biden Warren ticket, I think that could maybe solve a little bit of like, you know, the uh, you're a corporatist, buddy, you're not an actual progressive. And there's many reasons why folks can think that he's not an actual progressive. And those people uh, would be right in many, for, for, for many reasons. Um, I also could see a Biden Buttigieg. You know, the left really likes something new. Mm-hmm. So we would have the first woman who would be going to the White House, even as a VP. She was only the she would be the uh, the second Democrat. I think the first one was Geraldine Ferraro, and of course uh, that was with Mondale, and Mondale got his ass kicked, uh, barely won his home state of Minnesota. Um, so that that could be seen as like, okay, this is this is enough of a change where I will say I will vote for Joe Biden. I will vote for uh, for Warren uh, with him on the ticket or a Biden Buttigieg because now you have an openly gay man and Buttigieg is doing a great job of articulating his religion. He's really he could be a great mouthpiece as Biden was for Obama. Buttigieg could talk to the people of Indiana, talk to those um, the former blue wall, which yeah. was Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Illinois, uh, the blue wall that crumbled in 2016, much to the dismay of every political analysis, because um, no one thought that was going to happen. Now, everyone thought that wall was extremely strong and extremely sturdy and stable. So I could see that working out if Biden does just end up sort of skating through. 
But again, it's going to be a difficult primary. As we're seeing now, with the party going a little bit more to the left, specifically, I mentioned criminal justice reform, Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris have had an interesting week when it comes to their ideas of felons voting. I am personally of the belief that after you serve your time, you did you did the crime, you served the time, or you didn't do the crime and you still serve the time. That happens all the freaking time too. Just ask Khalif Browder about that. Um, I think you should be able to vote. Yeah. Now, of course, yeah. in Florida they passed that law, and Republicans now are saying, yeah, sure, you did the time, you served 15, 20 years, you had your entire life ruined by the criminal justice system, um, but you can't vote until you pay restitution because this is how corrupt our system is. The people who are on trial are also being charged, not yeah. just with a crime, but with a fee. And so a lot of these people, after they get out of prison, they have a huge bill. Sometimes it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely impossible to pay off. No way in hell. So they're saddled with debt like they went to Harvard University. And instead they went to the School of Hard Knocks, which is prison. And the Republicans in Florida are saying, well, after you pay off your restitution, then you can vote. Yeah, because Republicans so, you know, see uh, a bunch of registered democrats getting released from prison basically sure. yeah which is, i mean i think if most conservative politicians would prefer it if you like you could only vote if you had a deed to uh, an estate absolutely I mean, that, that used to be the way yeah, it was so, you had to I mean, own I, land. that's that's the way they want to go back um, to it but bernie sanders and kamala harris and i want to hear the audience's thoughts on this i believe it's after prison not after you pay restitution then you should be able to vote bernie sanders and kamala harris both proposed ideas of allowing felons to vote well incarcerated now this is obviously causing a lot of uproar this is this is one of those things where the right just goes crazy this is what they got dukakis on weak on crime this is why bill clinton had to overcorrect so much not that i'm excusing his actions whatsoever um by the way bill clinton has parkinson's it's the worst kept secret in dc you were you've the, got the are, you've got the hot boss i know i have a, know, on, I have a lot national mall i know a lot of people who work with within dc uh, which is so funny because they're just yeah they're, they're full of it yeah he has parkinson's but anyway so when it comes to the idea of felons voting in prison i don't think that bernie or kamala are making the correct uh assessment there because what you have here is a time where we are hyper-focused on sexual assault, we're talking about rapists, we're talking about the Char uh, Sharnoff brothers, mm -hmm. um, obviously uh, the younger Sharnoff still in prison, so he's a terrorist, he's a bomber, he murdered dozens of people at the Boston Marathon bombing. We have horrible people, many of them who have done horrible things in prison, and I don't believe until you serve out your sentence, you should have the right to vote in prison, and that is... Because from a political perspective, it's so easy to just call on someone who has been it's, a victim of assault in any which way, anywhere, and just be like, I can't believe you want X to vote. Extremely bad optics. It's horrible optics. So if I was Bernie's, if I was in his camp, and if I was in Kamala's camp, I would say, uh, don't you don't got to go crazy. We don't have to go that far. But after people serve their time, that's when I believe they should vote. So. That's why Biden, I think a lot of people are thinking he's such a viable choice because he dips his toe in more leftist ideas while also keeping his heel more, uh, you know, in the center. Yeah, I mean, which, this is know. such a like the such a flashpoint presidency. It's like this could easily be just a rebound presidency I for, honestly, for Biden. But this is also like such a great it's fertile ground for like actually 
putting a progressive candidate in office. Well, and that's so that's the other that's the other conversation. So you have Biden. In this case, he would be the safe choice. Some people thought Hillary was the safe choice. I always thought Hillary Clinton. I was talking to somebody the other night. You and middle aged women hate Hillary Clinton. Like they just hate her. Like I've heard so many middle aged women just scream at me about Hillary, and I'm like. I can't say what you just said. Like, you really don't like her. That, that is kind of nuts. And obviously, a lot of middle-aged women do like her. Uh, yeah. But, of course, that's why Donald Trump was able to get, I believe, 53% of women overall. So there's a lot. There, she was a lightning rod, just as Donald Trump was a lightning rod. And it was the, you know, hold your nose and vote election. When, you know, I, people should have, you know, maybe, maybe smelled a little bit uh, of the shit that Donald Trump was uh, selling. But nonetheless, it is what it is. So the other option is... Does a Biden type not enthusiastic, is the base not enthusiastic enough? And do they just stay home or vote for the the Jill Stein of their choice? Uh, Maybe Howard Schultz or something. I don't freaking know. And do do you need someone like an Elizabeth Warren or like a Bernie Sanders? Do you need someone who is like, you know, does have an energized group of people around them? Or is that good in a Democratic primary? And does it not play so well in the general? Because people hear Democratic socialists all over this country, and they just, for whatever reason, it is what it is. This has been instilled in Americans forever, that yeah, socialism is right. bad. The Cold War wasn't even that. It was only, like, what, 20 years ago? 19, what was it, 91, 92, 89, something like that. Um, it wasn't the longest time ago before yeah. the, the Red Scare was the worst thing that could ever happen. The the, the Russians were the, the invasion by the Russians was is the worst possible outcome uh, here for the future of America. So that's those are the two debates, and those are the debates that we're going to be having this entire primary season, and I think it's great. But I think it's I think it's very healthy. You have like you have Biden coming out with his QVC style video, where it's just <laughs> such, just like bland, unite the country, like we lost our soul. I really, I really hope people don't fall for that. Sh- I mean, in my opinion, I I want I want someone like Elizabeth Warren who is actually promoting a policy like the the student loan like getting rid of the student loans thing like common sense practical policies that actually help people and not just yeah not just pepsi and i loved her from biden she did a town hall on cnn town i had a such a nerdy i think it was a monday night or tuesday night they did five back to back to back to back town halls Buttigieg, kamala warren bernie and uh klobuchar (laughs) she is hilarious but i loved elizabeth warren yeah, she's. I thought she did a great job talking about Amazon, talking about how they're destroying small businesses, really getting into the weeds on what she means when she talks about breaking up Amazon, um, the back end of the data collection that Amazon does. I mean, their business. She did a really good job of explaining this to a lot of people. The business platform is one thing where you buy the goods, the toilet paper, the whatever the hell you need, TVs. Uh, sofas, whatever the hell you want. Um, but then the back end of that, their business is selling that information. And that is completely nefarious. And I think she did a good job of explaining why she has an issue with Amazon. Of course, the late stage capitalism that we are currently in, which is killing small businesses. Amazon now makes up about 50% of all sales on the internet. So they are destroying small businesses because they can make everything for cheaper because they do it offshore. They do it uh, in China or India. Um, and they're just there's no way to compete. There is zero no. way to compete with Amazon. So she did a great job with that, and I really like her. For some reason, she doesn't seem to be moving up in the polls, and I don't know. They, I've heard so many people talk about this likability thing, 
And I don't know. I don't mind. I, I don't have a problem with her. Like, it doesn't seem like she's unlikable. I So I don't know where that's coming from. Obviously, I know some people immediately are like sexism, man. It's called sexism. And I'm sure there is a component of that. She also had some pretty bad press uh, before she announced this whole Native American thing. I mean, I don't give a crap, but I also understand that a lot of people do, specifically people of color. Uh, it's a sensitive issue when someone claims to be Native American and they are not. Um, so I get that. So she didn't really hit the ground with like the strongest footing, but I don't know. I think she's doing a good job. The so. Native American thing, it seems like um, like an argument a bunch of old relatives would have in an email thread, so I don't care. It's just like... But you know who votes? That's true. Old people in they're, email they're threats. They're still allowed to vote. They are allowed to vote. They're all Apparently, I was talking to my buddy about this, apparently all of these old people are acting so crazy because the doctors are giving them all hormones. Right, yeah, because they're all trying to be 17 again. Yeah, and I'm like, no, be old, old person. Like, that's the pro- that's why Trump exists. He is popular with kids, by the way. Teenagers like him because teenagers think he's just like them because he is. And then adults are, like, all hopped up on hormones. The baby boomer generation and they are like roided up jocks. Yeah. They are crazy, but they're also 70. I'm like, what is going on? Just I can't wait to have low T. Give me that T. I want it so low. I want I want the T in my toes, baby. I am so over testosterone. I don't give a crap. I want to sit on my ass and talk and do the things I like to do, which usually revolve around sitting on my ass and talking. I don't need to start lifting up cars and pretending like a Magnus Ver Magnuson from the world's strongest man. I just want to be old. I'm I want to ex- catch up on Game of Thrones when I'm 70. I want to, I want to watch Breaking Bad. I'm going to watch all of the all of the shows that people are talking about now. I'm watching them on my deathbed. I'm excited to do to become what every old man eventually becomes. Is he starts to look like a, an old lesbian woman? Yeah, absolutely, and that's just the like, dream. Just chill out. Yeah, start looking like Richard Specter and just let let it go. Anyway, so that's just a little bit of a conversation regarding Joe Biden. And again, just so you know, the Democratic Party, in my personal opinion, I think they're in a fine spot. The marketplace of ideas, it's open for business. Look no further than Andrew Yang, who is doing, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the Andrew Yang is not going to be polling very high ever, but he is doing no. a great job of talking about automation. Buttigieg does a great job of talking about automation. Also, the offshoring of jobs, which we talk about this all the time. A lot of people lost their jobs to people in India, um, places that don't have as many workers' rights and don't pay their workers as much. Believe it or not, these corporations like that a lot better than having to pay you a living wage and having to treat you like a human being. So hopefully we can have a conversation, automation, jobs being escorted out of this country for cheaper wages uh, so these companies can pay cheaper wages elsewhere. It's not immigrants. So hopefully that conversation can happen in the general election. And the more that I see the Democratic candidates, obviously, I you know, Klobuchar is literally just funny. I don't know what... She's not exactly doing great because yeah. everything she says is kind of a bummer and she always tries to tell jokes that are really bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, nonetheless, we'll talk. We'll be talking about that for uh, for the next... You know, just 15 months, you know, no big deal. 
Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Top Hat. I used to think that cybercrime was something that happened to other people and that I was staying safe and smart when I went online. I used to think eh, nobody could get to my data and that hackers couldn't get at my passwords or credit card details. But oh boy, was I wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why. I decided to take action. To protect myself from cyber criminals, I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Using ExpressVPN, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having my personal data stolen. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash top hat. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash top hat for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com. But let's move on a little bit. So I want to talk to you about this woman who was arrested on prostitution charges in the connection with the Robert Kraft case. So a New York woman was arrested Monday in Jupiter, Florida, on prostitution charges in connection with the Robert Kraft solicitation case. Her name is Shen Mingbi. She's 58 years old. She's from Flushings. Uh, she was booked on nine prostitution charges and ordered held on $5,000 bail. Uh, Mingbi allegedly performed sexual acts on Kraft and other individuals inside the Orchids of Asia day spa. Kraft 77 is accused of paying for sex acts at the spa twice in January while fighting the charges. He recently issued an apology saying he disappointed his family, friends, co-workers, fans, and many others who rightfully hold him to a higher standard. Investigators say surveillance cameras captured Mingbi and Kraft in the spa on the day uh, prior and on the morning of the New England's Patriots game. I'm just going to say this. Decriminalize sex work. There is no reason why this woman should be charged with prostitution. I am completely against this sentence. Any libertarian out there, this is such, this is why the you know everyone always assumes the libertarian party means if you if you uh, subscribe a little bit to their beliefs that must make you a republican, but the republican party has never been on the right on the right side of this. The republican party hasn't ever been pro sex work or decriminalizing prostitution. These people, sex workers get it from both ends. They get it from both. Well, a bit of a, a bit of a pun there on accident. Thank you, Travis. But they do. They get well. Now I want to say they get screwed by both sides. Anyway, they do. They are getting screwed over by both the left and the right. So many in so many ways. Um, and so this woman, I'm just gonna start this hashtag free Shen Mingbi 
There's no reason why she'd be arrested. She should not be serving any time. $5,000 bail. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, meanwhile, Robert Kraft, he has a shit load of money. He'll be able to pay everything off. He won't see a second of, uh, of jail time. And this woman who literally just did her job is going to get the brunt of the Justice Department's yeah, really, reaction. Really adding insult to injury when yeah. you have to get exposed for uh, for touching Robert Kraft. Absolutely. Yeah, the justice system, they are not, not Justice Department. She's going to get the brunt of the justice system because... She is the sex worker, and I cannot believe that she, I can't believe she had a job that everybody wanted to go. I can't believe her job was something that people enjoyed uh, participating in. I can't believe that, you know, sex workers are a symptom of the male erection. Oh, the, yeah. the problem, I mean, it's not necessarily a problem because I actually don't think what Robert Kraft did is that bad. He got jerked off. I mean, wow. Are you telling me a billionaire gets jerked off? Um, by by someone who's not his wife. What kind of world are we living in? Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that case uh, to the forefront and and kind of have that conversation a little bit. Shen Mingbi, you know, what's the point? Are we safer as a society? That's my criminal justice thing. Are we safer as a society because this woman has $5,000 bail and is looking at, uh, at a jail sentence? Does that make us better off? No, it simply it's just does not. Supply and demand, you know. It's like, supp- it is yes. If you like the free market, there's nothing more free market than uh, than sex work. Freak, I'll tell you that. Freakonomics. Absolutely. You know? Get freaky with it. All right, let's move on here just quickly. So Seth, let's do let's do North Korea, and then as a matter of fact, I probably should have brought up the Seth Moulton thing we were talking about presidential hopefuls. Uh, what do you guys want to do? What do the listeners want to do? Presidential hopeful Seth Moulton or Trump reportedly paid North Korea two million dollars. Mm, let me get my psychic hat on. Oh, they want to hear about Seth Moulton. Okay, here we go. So Seth Moulton, he is a presidential hopeful. He's having a difficult time. He cannot get press for the life of him. Not, and you know, this isn't meant to be racist or anything. He's just kind of a bland white dude. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure what lane he is filling. Obviously, you got Warren, um, you know, Bernie in the progressive lane. Biden center lane, Buttigieg sort of flirting with both sides in a very articulate way. I don't know what the hell Seth Moulton is up to. He's just a guy in a suburb that really wants you to go to his barbecue. Yes, he really does. I mean, he's he's smoking the meats. Yeah. Seth Moulton does look like he probably throws a great barbecue, and I'm sure he's just fine. He's a U.S. rep out of Massachusetts. Um, so he was speaking at a uh, at an event, and this is what he had to say. Uh, he says... When asked about, like, what do you do if there's an alien invasion? This was a response to a BuzzFeed reporter's cheeky question. He said, well, you got to start with diplomacy, which I agree with. Okay, this is good. Aliens are coming down. We come in peace. Be like, oh, that's so cool, brother. We also allow you to be here in peace. We're a peaceful people. We'll lie to them up top. You know, when you first go on like your first three dates and you're like, yeah, I love reading Jack Kerouac because I just find his words to be so much more intelligent than the words I can come up with. And then by date four, you drop the bomb that you uh, only watch Netflix um, and uh, and never read a book in your life. Yeah, you stop bringing infinite jest to each date. (laughs) Exactly. So he says you start with diploma. And then he says, uh, what I would do with this alien, I'd give him a classic American meal. He said, I'd serve a beer and a burger. 
uh, which is incredible. Now, we don't know if aliens are going to be able to consume beer. They might simply go crazy, and we would really have a Mars attacks situation on our hands. I'm not sure. Was this a political correspondent from the High Times or something? No, this if, was BuzzFeed. Oh, it was BuzzFeed. What, but, like, if I were running for president and somebody asked me this fucking question, I would say, I'm running for president. Like, treat me with a little bit of respect I don't here. know. I think this is a respectable question. So this is according to the association Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Uh, this is a dude named Seth Shostak. He says, if a spacecraft from another solar system were to set down on Earth, you can be sure the occupants are technologically far, far beyond us. He goes on to say, trying to fight them off would be like a caveman taking on the Army's special forces. Diplomacy is the only strategy that might work. So there you go. Molten got a little bit of uh, support from the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. That's Seth Chostak. So that's kind of fun. And honestly, in this crowded field, get into the news cycle any which way you can. I don't know Bernie's stance on, on alien invasion. No, he might he might be completely hawkish. He, probably, yeah, total war hawk. He might be. Against the greys. He, he very well could be. We don't know because he's never answered the questions. Because he's not out there answering the tough questions. That's true. That's the major problem. So Seth Moulton, rep out of Massachusetts, also running for president. So check out his platform of giving burgers and beers <laughs> to aliens. Honestly, he, I, you know what? Maybe in the primary I'll vote for him. Who knows? Okay, well, let's continue on to some more serious news. Uh, you know, we talked about beer here. Beer is a drug. But I want to mention this. I mentioned it at the top of the show, obviously. Uh, for the first time, a pharmaceutical distributor faces federal criminal charges over the opioid crisis. So this is the charges against the wholesaler Rochester Drug Cooperative and two of its former executives marked a new tactic for prosecutors in tackling the epidemic of addiction to prescription pain pills. Um, so this is according to an article uh, here in the New York Times. This says law enforcement officials have long tried to stem the opioid crisis in America with criminal charges for street dealers and cartel kingpins who traffic in drugs like fentanyl and oxycodone. As I mentioned before, that's usually where it comes from, or that's usually what uh, the justice system is focusing on um, when it comes to opioids. They focus on the drug kingpins. And of course, fentanyl is a massive issue. Please, God. You know, please, God, like we don't I, I haven't done any of the bag drugs. I'm not doing any more of them like the Coke bags. Oh, no. And the no. Molly bags. You know, I'm, I sound so old, um, but I just don't trust them anything anymore. So I haven't touched any of that stuff for quite a little while here because I just don't know what the hell is in it. I'm not going to risk it. So if you are a listener out there who likes to dabble in a little Molly Get a testing kit. You can go on the internet and you can buy a Molly testing kit or a Coke testing kit. You just put a little dab. You won't be rude. You won't you won't lose a whole line here, okay? Just put a little dab inside this testing kit and it'll let you know if the drug has fentanyl in it. So please, if you're going to do that stuff, just be safe. I know the high, being on Coke is a lot of fun. I know. Um, but just be really careful. And obviously Molly 
It's nothing but good times uh, if you take it in moderation. Isn't it just like a pinprick of fentanyl, like sends you into oh, it's the, beyond the black rainbow? It's horrible. And, you know, these drug dealers, uh, believe it or not, they don't really care about uh, the people that they're giving these drugs to. And when I say drug dealers, of course, I mean the CEO of this company. So for the first time, federal authorities are bringing the same kind of felony drug trafficking charges against a major pharmaceutical distributor and two of its former uh, executives. So prosecutors said the former executives at the company of Rochester Drug Cooperative ignored red flags and shipped tens of millions, that's tens of millions of oxycodone pills and fentanyl products to pharmacies they knew were distributing drugs illegally. Of course, because they did this, their sales soared. Jeffrey S. Berman, uh, he's a United States attorney in Manhattan. He asked, why did they do it? Greed, that was the answer, was simply greed. So on Tuesday, prosecutors charged Rochester Drug Cooperative, or RDC, as a corporate entity with conspiring to distribute drugs conspiracy to defraud the United States and failing to file suspicious order reports. But the corporation entered into an agreement under which the government will hold off on prosecuting the company on the charges as long as it pays a $20 million fine, complies with the Controlled Substances Law, and submits five years of supervision by uh, an independent monitor. So according to the company spokesperson, they say, we made mistakes, Mm -hmm. and RDC understands that these mistakes, directed by former management, have serious consequences. The two former company officials, Lawrence F. Dow III and William Petrowski, uh, were also charged with conspiracy to distribute drugs and defrauding the government. Um, So they are, you know, at least, at the very least, being charged. Mr. Dow, the former chief executive officer, pled not guilty late Tuesday in the United States court in Manhattan and was, and was released on $500,000 bond. My God, $500,000 bond. If Obviously, I think you just paid 10%, but good Lord. Mr. Dow faces a mandatory 10-year minimum sentence and a maximum of life in prison. So you know me. I'm not, I don't celebrate when folks go to prison. I think our prison system puts way too many people behind bars. But I think this is a step in the proper direction when it comes to fighting the opioid, when it comes to fighting the fentanyl crisis. We got to go to the head of the snake. And the fact that this man made so, so much money killing people. Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. A 10-year sentence is, is a little light. Well, it's, it's extremely rare that this would happen, right? It's, this is the first time it has ever happened. So you have, like, I was just looking into this, Richard Sackler, who is the president of Purdue Pharmaceuticals, which invented Oxys. Thank you. Uh, this guy has, what I found, two pictures of himself on the internet. Like, he is a ghost. They always hide. Uh, and he donates millions of dollars to all of the museums and art in New York City. Yeah, he, sure. He donated to the Louvre in Paris. It's the same way that drug dealers in the cartels will, you know, give people some food, so give these, people a little these cash. These people have, you know, just like business owners sort of build build in shoplifting into their, like, cost-benefit sure. analysis. These guys, I think they just, like, instantly know, like, they, they're doing something horrible and they're going to build their life around, sh- like, shielding themselves from any repercussions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... I don't want to say it's good news because there's a lot of people who are dying and suffering in this country from the opioid epidemic and fentanyl epidemic, but I think this can send a message to the heads of these pharmaceutical distributors. Hey, guys, if it, if a little town has millions and millions of opioids rolling through, maybe you are over-prescribing them just a bit. All right, well, let's get out of America 
and go overseas. Isn't this fun when we get to get out of America and go overseas? I feel like I'm on a plane. Yeah, you do. And that and you know where that plane is landing? Afghanistan! No! No, have fun, buddy. Enjoy Kabul. So this is an article that just came out recently. U.S. and Afghan forces killed more civilians than the Taliban did. So this is according to an investigation that was done for the first time since the United Nations began documenting civilian casualties in Afghanistan about a decade ago. More civilians, again, according to the United Nations, more civilians are being killed by Afghan government and American forces than by the Taliban. Civilian deaths attributed to pro-government forces rose in the first quarter of this year, even as overall civilian casualties dropped to their lowest level uh, in that period since 2013. So this is what the United Nations said in its quarterly report. They said, quote, that pro-government forces were responsible for 53%, 53% Pro-government forces were responsible for 53%, big number, of civilian deaths. So during the first three months of this year, military operations escalated as both sides sought leverage in peace talks between the United States and the Taliban. In Doha, Qatar, at the same time, there has been a relative lull in insurgent suicide attacks that indiscriminately kill civilians, especially in Kabul, the capital. The city has been a repeated target during the conflict, which is in its 18th year again uh, this war can vote it is unclear this is according to the united nations report it is unclear whether the decrease in civilian casualties was influenced by any measures taken by parties to the conflict to better protect civilians or by the ongoing talks between the parties to the conflict the agency reported 581 civilians killed and 1,100, more than 1,100 wounded during the first quarter, a 23% decrease in overall casualties compared with the same period in 2018. Other quarterly numbers may reflect an increasing reliance on airstrikes in a war which Afghan security forces tend to hunker down in fortified bases rather than mount aggressive assaults against Taliban fighters. When attacked, Afghan forces often call for the airstrikes by the American-trained Afghan Air Force to dislodge the enemy. I'm assuming that those airstrikes are where a lot of these casualties take place. Aerial operations were the third highest cause of civilian casualties, killing 145 civilians and wounding 83 during the quarter, a 41% increase for those types of casualties compared with the same quarter last year. So that's where we're seeing the massive increase as to why the Afghan forces, why the U.S. Well, I mean, you know, basically the U.S. forces, the U.S.-backed Afghan forces. That's why we're seeing an increase in civilian casualties because of these airstrikes. And the problem with airstrikes, as we learned with Obama's drone war uh, and Donald Trump's freaking drone war as well, which has escalated, by the way. I mean, it's not like this man isn't doing the exact same thing. I don't know why the media just talks about Mueller ad nauseum when we are still in a conflict here that is killing, again, hundreds of of civilians on a regular basis and it's not just oh wow we have all these civilians dead which should be bad enough we are creating a terrorist or a so-called fighter we are creating i mean one person's terrorist is just another person's fighter and i'm not doing false equivocation the taliban is absolutely horrible the what they do to women what do they do to gay men and they're they're disgusting but in their minds yeah, we're generating propaganda we're generating propaganda and we're spreading helping isis spread and helping the taliban spread not that they're the same thing but they are 
distant cousins, they're, they're cousins, um, were helping them spread the rhetoric that the U.S. is killing civilians, the Afghan forces are killing civilians, and do your part to defend yourself against the monolithic, massive world, world police that is the United States. Yeah, it's an American invasion. Right, do your, do your part uh, against the American invasion. So I think that's an interesting thing. Again, pro-government forces were responsible for 53% of civilian deaths. So that is very interesting. Of all civilian casualties, which include deaths and injuries, uh, 53% were pro-government forces. So, All right, so there we go. That's the problem with warfare. That is the problem uh, with trying to go into foreign countries and build them in our likeness. Uh, because, believe it or not, people don't like to be told what to do. Specifically cultures that have been around for hundreds hmm. of thousands of years that have a deep history, whether it be good or bad. It is a history like every, uh, every other nation. Some good, some bad. They're human beings. That would make sense. So anyway, I uh, just want to bring that into the forefront a little bit because if you watch television news or even, you know, the blogs or the whatever memes, I don't know what people do anymore. Uh, no one talks about this war. This war is like, it reminds me of South, uh, of the uh, Korean War. Yeah. Uh, the one my grandfather fought in, the one that was born here in America, the Forgotten War. And mm -hmm. Afghanistan is quickly becoming... Another forgotten war. As a matter of fact, I think it already is the forgotten war. Another forgotten war. It's just background noise. Just, just background noise. And uh, if anyone, yeah, you have to you have to search it out as opposed to what it should be, where it's like, hey, the U.S. and Afghan forces are killing a lot of civilians. Maybe this isn't going to be great for our overall national security interest. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Wanted to bring that up to you. All right. Well, speaking of horrible regimes. Just here, uh, briefly, Trump reportedly approved a $2 million hospital bill from North Korea for Otto Warmbier. President Donald Trump approved payment of a $2 million bill issued by North Korea for the care of the American citizen Otto Warmbier, who was returned to the U.S., they kindly say, in a coma. Mm -hmm. But he was it was a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, and then they, they, they deny torturing him. They deny well. torturing him. Literally, his father, if you ever, again, and I've said this before, but if you haven't listened to his dad talk about what it was like when they saw Otto for the first time, it is chilling. He said his bottom teeth were moved around as if they pulled them out and put them in different places. All of his limbs were broken. His feet were just like there was a nail going through uh, his ankles. There was, I mean, a hole where a nail had been, without a doubt. I don't know, maybe they were hanging him upside down. I mean, God knows, there were burns all over him, beaten beyond recognition, and obviously he was basically dead when he was returned. They say he was returned alive and he was not alive. He was already dead, uh, even though he yeah. was technically breathing. So the fact that Donald Trump criticized Barack Obama so intensely when it comes to the Bo Bergdahl situation, mm -hmm. where they gave we gave five... Um, Taliban leaders and Al-Qaeda leaders back for Bo Bergdahl, and now we just put him in prison. I agree that was a little bit freaking weird of Obama to do that, quite honestly. Um, but the fact that he would give the North Koreans $2 million. Now, of course, Donald Trump has denied this. He denied it on his favorite platform, which is Twitter, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. But the fact that we paid $2 million to this horrible regime. A that ransom. Is a ransom, which of, well, I thought we weren't supposed to negotiate. Uh, when it comes to ransom, it is disgusting. Donald Trump's look the other way or 
don't I, he doesn't care like he the, the same thing with Charlottesville good people on both sides the man has false equivocations uh, of good people and bad people and bad regimes and good regimes and the fact that he's like yeah here's two million dollars Kim Jong-un uh, for killing an American citizen here's two million dollars you know usually that would be cause for military intervention yeah but I guess in this case uh, you know Job well done, Kim Jong-un. Job well done, Kim Dynasty, the, 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 the Kim government. Job well done, everyone. You did such a great job of torturing him. Here's $2 million like you're Eli Roth and I'm a producer of a film. Well, between this and the Khashoggi murder in Saudi Arabia and then Trump immediately throwing his support behind that war in Yemen, it's like... Is Trump really into like FinDom stuff? Does he like get he off on paying large sums of money to people? He might. And speaking of Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia on Tuesday beheaded 37 Saudi citizens, most of them minority Shiites, um, in ma- in a mass execution across the country for alleged terrorism. But you know what? I'm just going to say that alleged is in pretty bold letters as far as I'm concerned. It also publicly pinned the executed body and severed heads of a convicted Sunni extremist to a poll as a warning to others. Uh, according to uh, Saudi dissident Ali al-Ahmed, who runs the Gulf Institute in Washington, identified 34 of those executed as Shiites based on the names announced by the Interior Ministry. Uh, This is what he had to say. He says, this is the largest mass execution of Shiites in the kingdom's history. Amnesty International also confirmed the majority of those executed were Shiite men. The rights group said that they were convicted after sham trials that relied on confessions extracted through Torture. It marked the largest number of executions in a single day in Saudi Arabia since January 2nd, 2016, when the kingdom executed 47 people, again, for terrorism, air quotes, terrorism related crimes in what was the largest max execution carried out by Saudi authorities since 1980. So it seems to me like this reformed Saudi Arabia is worse than ever. Yeah, just because you're like, just because you're like a, uh, pretend to be like a cool guy who gets bottle service in the palace and he like wears new religion jeans. Yeah, and he goes on and he goes on, you know, he's on 60 Minutes. Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is not to be trusted. Just because he's kind of charming, maybe he's a little handsome, I don't freaking know. Whatever it is, he's kind of a smooth talker. I mean, he's kind of like gorgeous, and he, yeah, he kind of. I don't. And- I, I don't know, but he is not to be trusted. This man is not a reformer. Uh, and as we saw, as we talked about on last week's episode with the war in Yemen, the only reason we're there is because the Saudis need us, and this is why we need, and this is why it's important for the Democratic Party. But this is why to to focus on when it comes to. Getting off of fossil fuels, getting into more clean energy, this is one of the reasons we have to do that. Not just because it's some hippie idea. And again, you know me. I'm like, we have pipelines all over the place. I'm not against fossil fuels. Everything is everything is made of, of oil, plastic, everything. Um, but at the same time, we need to have a much more robust approach to energy in this country. And one of the reasons for that is so that we can stop having to suck up to these horrible regimes like Saudi Arabia and look the other way and be like, well, they're still our friends. I'm sorry if my friend was a serial killer. Ah, uh, you got to go. I'm sorry Trump, you got to go. Trump loves being a pay pig. What he, can I say? He absolutely loves it. So that's another story um, that I just wish was getting more national attention. But lastly, Twitter CEO gently tells Trump your lost followers are bots 
and spam accounts. So Donald Trump had this dude in the Oval Office. We talked about it. But apparently he lost roughly 59 million uh, followers. Um, And he says it was because of some everything's a conspiracy with this guy, which is why his followers believe in QAnon. Uh, evidently he thought that was some big conspiracy by Jack Dorsey and Twitter. I mean, granted Twitter is dead as far as I'm concerned. I think, uh, honestly, the baby boomers who are all hopped up on those hormones ruined it. As soon as it was nothing but Trump channel on Twitter, I'm like, okay, I'm like fine with Twitter. I'll do some retweets and I still interact with people on there a little bit. But as far as taking any of this seriously, nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Have, have, have those people infiltrated Instagram? Do you think they're Instagram is starting to, and it's tip. It depends. You can, the, the nice thing about Instagram is I click on food videos, I click on wrestling videos, I click on sports videos, and that then makes my algorithm like, this dude doesn't really care for politics. <laughs> but I also click on political videos every now and again, and then my entire feed is nothing but, first of all, Twitter pictures, which drives me nuts. Pictures of people's tweets. I'm like, this is Instagram. If I wanted to see your tweet, I go to Twitter. Um, and then it is just a lot of memes that are completely and utterly lies. Some of them are just outli- outright lies. Some are just like taken out of context for both. I mean, honestly, not to be like, oh, both sides, but literally there are so many dumb, dumb political memes on Twitter. It's it's phenomenal. Look, Instagram is going to be compromised soon and we're all going to have to move to TikTok. I know. I don't I can't do anymore. Please, God, I just got my citizen app. I just want I can't do another social media app. Please, God, Instagram. Stay fine. Please, Lord. Uh, of course, you can find me at Ben Kissel one. So this is the biggest issue uh, when it comes to uh, Donald Trump in his brain. Apparently, Donald Trump has repeatedly griped to associates about how Obama has had more Twitter followers than he has, even though by Trump's own assessment, he is so much better at Twitter than Obama is. So that's the, mo- you know, Yemen, Saudi Arabia. What's going on, uh, you know, regarding automation, jobs, immigration um donald trump is focused on twitter followers so it's once again just more indicative uh to the fact that we have a 13 year old boy as president of the united states so there we go folks this also makes me think like after his presidency are we definitely gonna see trump and melania on cameo.com uh without a doubt hey shout out to alex happy birthday (laughs) no seriously it's gonna be a thousand dollars to get him on cameo for those that don't for those that don't know cameo is a it's an online service where celebrities can go on there Celebrities as big as the, the situation from Jersey Shore. Every single person from 90 Day Fiance. Every every person from 90 Day Fiance. If you were 16 and you ended up getting pregnant and now we give you a television show, you can also go on Cameo. Um, and say, I don't even know what, say happy birthday and yeah, uh, I'm sorry she's dead. I don't know what people say on Cameo. <laughs> Those are the two messages yes. you can ask for. You can ask Polly Shore to help you mourn your the death of your wife. Right, yeah, of course. Or he can be like, um, the weasel, Ooh. which is cool. <laughs> I do like the weasel. Um, and just lastly here, I just want to say this, get, get vaccinated. Um, apparently there's a measles outbreak and it's all over Brooklyn and it's going all across the country. It seems like there's a Venn diagram of like Jenny McCarthy's of the world who are like, I don't like vaccinations. And then there's a strong religious community, the Hasidic community out here in Williamsburg. The outbreak is really bad. And there's uh, other religious communities, whether they're Hasidic or, uh, or Christian or whatever, it tends to be. People who are like way left or people who are really into a religion and they're like, I don't like anyone telling me what to do with my body. 
God made me perfect, whatever it might be. Get vaccinated so we don't have a measles outbreak because, and I don't know if you know this, it's 2019. Yeah. Like, why are, we cannot be dealing with polio's right around the corner, and the next thing you know, rickets are coming back. I, I don't mean, need come to, on, people. I don't need to be popping boobos on my neck no. uh, as I'm trying to get on the train. And it can kill, like, ugh, not to be. Not to be all lame about it, but you see the babies with measles, and they could, like, die. It looks horrible. Yeah. So just go get your kids. Please, God, get your kids vaccinated. And if you were a kid who had parents who were like, I just don't believe in vaccinations, please, I know it sucks, but now you have to take the responsibility yourself because now you're the adult. Go get yourself vaccinated because we can't. We can't be going unless we want to bring back moats. And like really like tar and feathering. If you really want to go back, we can go all the way. Uh, belt, just shoe buckles. I don't know what they did in old timey days. I'll go back. I'll, I'll start hitting steel things with a hammer. And then hopefully that turns into a, a I don't know, a, a crowbar or something. I have no idea how things work. I, I, I was a military child and I got vaccinated for diseases that haven't been invented yet. Good. Uh, and I don't get sick. And I, Great. Uh, I, I, I. I would recommend getting vaccinated. Please, God. The we only just, thing I did get, I, you know, I lived in Germany as a kid, and apparently if you ate beef in Germany in the early 90s, you're not allowed to give blood because they suspect that you have latent mad cow disease. Cool. So I'm not even allowed, I'm not allowed to give blood, but that blood is very, very, very much vaccinated. Well, I bet you it was a good, good, good burger. Yeah, nice meatball. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, All right, everyone. So get vaccinated. Take care of yourself. Um, we're all together and that's, that's what I heard anyway. Um, all right. Anything else to plug? We're, we're coming. Last podcast on the left is going all over the place. So come on out, uh, specifically Salt Lake city. Get those tickets, Salt Lake city people. I can't wait to see everyone out there. And, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ben Kissel one DM me. Uh, cause I do look at those DMS. I like it. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just easier that way. I think, um, and, uh, yeah, support all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Everything is going pr- pretty good, I think. I hope so. Yeah, also get uh, Vancouver tickets. Vancouver. Vancouver. I can't wait to go to Vancouver. I love that place. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.